The following program is rated MAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Green flag waving for the always exciting Sheldon Hutchill. He'll bounce the right rear off the wall and turn four. Last one for Sheldon Hutchill. Quick time! Off to We're going to do it live here tonight here at the Race Cave. Uh, it's quick time to podcast. Josh Harris in the house with BA as usual. Lots going on in the race world. WWE has invaded the open wheel world. Rainout policies are causing a muck on social media. And, well, we're going to be joined by Eric Arnold talking Knoxville Raceway and the upcoming Knoxville Nationals. Before we get started, let's check in with Josh. Josh, how was your week, man? What's been going on? Week's been great. Been watching a lot of racing. Um, can't wait for the Knoxville Nationals, especially the 360 Nationals coming up next week. Man, it's it's my favorite time of year. It's like Christmas. Like Christmas, but in August. In August. Normally normally here Christmas is July, but you know, for the open wheel race car, sprint car fans, it's Christmas in August with the uh, the kickoff of the Southern Iowa Speed Weeks with the 360 Nationals. You got the front row challenge, the ultimate challenge, and to kick or to wrap things up, the uh, granddaddy of them all, the 410 Sprint Car Nationals. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. I mean, the greatest part about going to Knoxville is you never know what the weather is going to be. There's been years I've went there in the past, and it's, you know, 90, 100 degrees, and the next day it's 70 or 80 degrees. You know what? All right. Party fuck. foul. All right, fucked up on this uh, <laughs> on this thing, but, hey, it's it's uh, tester Monday, or tester Wednesday. You know what? Since it's live, we'll just roll with it right there. So There you <laughs> anyways, go. Anyways, uh, yeah, too many buttons to go on here in the control room. Uh, we got the uh, the live stream going on Facebook Live. Got to do the actual podcast part of it too, and uh, mm-hmm. it's too many damn buttons. Let me tell you what. Yeah, too many. Too, when I look over at your thing over there, it's it looks nuts to look at all the buttons you got to push. So since we are live, if you have any comments, you know Josh is uh, checking out the chat, which I don't believe we have anybody in there because well, oh, we got two people. I think it's me and you. I'm not watching it. So all right, well, so we have one other person. One other person besides it's, Josh. It's is probably Brad stalking us. I mean, it could be, <laughs> but. Other than that, yeah. Yeah, so uh, what's been going on in the race world? Uh, we had some fireworks. Uh, WWE is invaded. I mean, uh, you mentioned the, uh, sent out a, a text to all of us about the, uh, was it Williams Grove with Freddie Raymer? Yeah, that was nuts. I've never seen, you know, for as old as Fred is, Fred Raymer, I mean, you thought for sure he was going to drag uh, Dietrich out of the car, and then you had Freddie jumping in who just looked like a little kid kind of, you know, jumping in there, but... Other than that, I mean, it. I don't know. I'm not somebody big, needs to drag Danny Dietrich out of the car. Let he, me tell you what. There was no reason for him to do that pass either. I mean, they were both. Well, they're transfer squad. Yeah. Why? <laughs> why do that? That's nuts. But yeah. I mean, it just to me. And then I love the fact how uh, uh, David Gravel. Oh no, man, in. he stole the show, smiling, running down there. I mean, I think like he a just kid in a candy on, store. He just wanted to be on TV. Really, you know what I mean? But, I I doubt that, but I mean, who doesn't love a good fight? I mean. I'd run down there and watch it. Oh, heck yeah. I mean, I mean we, we were at the Silver Dollar Nationals uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, Andrew Kaziski and uh, Chris Simpson, I think it was, got into it a little bit. And uh, they get out of, the, out of the car and tech after the heat race. And Andrew's like, hey, what was that about? You know, why'd you hit the brakes? And then Chris gets out and calls him a fucking bitch and all this sort of stuff. And all hell broke loose. I'm like, I like a good fight. Let's watch this one. You know, I. But I, cooler heads prevailed. There was no fight. But, but what. I guess was it was it really truly should have been a fight? You know, you know what I mean? Like, was it really that necessary? I mean, you call me a little bitch. I want to. I want to come at you. Let me tell you what. I mean, I I've only ever been in one altercation like that, and that was back at Eagle when uh, Lonnie Jensen got pushed by Tad Allman, and it was like go time for the Bogue brothers. And you hid. And and you, basically, you me and Nate were standing there, and George's like, "Don't do it! Don't do it!" And he ran down there, and he goes, "We aren't going to do anything except for stand there. So let's just watch." <laughs> I bet Toby was throwing punches. No, yeah, it was it was nuts. <laughs> what Lonnie Jensen told him that he was going to hit his head on some of those gravestones across the street or something like that. It was it was like nuts. Yeah. Then then if you go to the uh, the USAC world, the drop kick hurled around the world with CJ Leary, a drop kick and Robert Ballou. It wasn't much of a drop kick. I mean, he failed on both attempts. What? But but <laughs> it made for great entertainment. 
made for stuff for us to talk about. It would have been funny if he would have had one of those. If the next next night out, he bought one of those arm guards that cover it, so you can't even get to him. I mean, that like, would look here, funny. brother. It's <laughs> like a fucking Hulk Hogan coming off the top rope with the drop kick. I mean, but who would really win that fight between them two? Blue's a big dude. I mean, yeah, I mean, I Brady Bacon called him out on Twitter, said he can defend in a midget, but he's trying to drive like one. Yeah, he, yeah, kind I of mean, like a lot of model guy. I am not the biggest Robert Blue fan. I've made it known he likes to run. He's like Dietrich. He likes to run his mouth on Twitter, but doesn't know what he's talking about half the time. Yeah, but he's still pretty strong. I mean, he runs pretty good. I mean, he, he, finished, second. he finished second uh, last night at uh, Kokomo. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's that. still will a sprint card. I mean, don't get me wrong. He can definitely will a sprint card there. That's for sure. That's definitely one of the cool things about Kokomo, watching him run that low line and then back tires digging and the front tires just lift up. And he's just still going around the turn like it's nothing. Yeah. So, anyways, we were talking about WWE invading. I mean, you mentioned the Eagle fight, the only altercation you've ever been in. I've never been in one at the racetrack, but I've, I've had my fair share of scraps before. <laughs> Not but, even with officials, like, pushing you back because you're too close to the, the I track? I just tell them, like, look, do you know who I am? <laughs> I do what I want. This plane is simple. When I go to the racetrack, I pretty much do what I want. I don't care what anybody says. Wait, what about Chili Bowl? Wasn't there a time you were actually not allowed to... Hey, to shoot down there? We don't run. We don't talk about that. <laughs> that wasn't a fight. That was just a get out. <laughs> no, that was me uh, running my mouth on on the old social media, trying to be like Danny Dietrich and Robert Ballou there. Yeah, that's not good. Sometimes idea. it bites you in the ass, and uh, I'm prime example for that. Just shows you what they look at. You know what I mean? That that's that's very true. So, uh, moving on, let's do our our quick time award. I um, mean, we we talked about it last week. Uh, something cool that we saw over the week. Uh, we didn't come up with a name. I kind of threw a quick time award out there this afternoon or a little bit earlier. Uh, you got one for us? I have Brad Sweet getting his first win in Pennsylvania in 53 tries. I mean, the guy was, I mean, out of nowhere. Like, you wouldn't have thought he was going to come up there. You thought Shots was going to run away with it, and here he comes. I mean, I'm that's awesome to see him just getting in groove for the Nationals. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's been a long time coming for Brad Sweet. It's been his first win in quite a while with the Outlaws, even. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah I mean, they, they pretty much say that. I mean, he's probably he's giving them a chance for everyone else to kind of come up in the field, and this this could be a start of him just starting to turn it on, you know, the month of August. And I, I got to give a shout-out to Justin Grant last night uh, winning at Kokomo Raceway. Um, my understanding is he's became the winningest uh, driver out there at Kokomo since they reconfigured the track. I don't know when it was, but he's ahead of – John Stambro and the People's Champ Dave Darlin. So that, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's that's a, that's a lot of wins out there yeah, for that, Grant. That definitely is. But yeah, man, we got we got four people, four we're, people, four we're big, getting, four, we're getting bigger, four followers. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's talk about rainouts. I mean, Eagle got rained out. They're doing double double features this weekend, which is great for me because I didn't get to go last week. Um, the big race at I eighty got rained out on Saturday. They made that up on Sunday evening. And then USAC rained out uh, the other night. Well, they rained out tonight, tonight. but they rained out the other night after completing hot laps. They called that a race, or right? Actually, no. It was hot lap. They could, if I could talk. They got all the way. They completed hot laps heats, and they were getting ready for the B feature. So ever since I've been going to the racetrack, the rainout policies, if you get the heats in, it's a complete show. No refunds. But do you feel like, as a fan, do you feel like you got your money's worth by not seeing that final race? I don't care. The rainout policy is the rainout policy. You go to a baseball game, it gets rained out after three innings. You're getting your money back? No. And typically, you're too far away to go back to that place to go watch a game again. And then, like, I-80, they made up the race on Sunday, which pissed off a lot of people on social media about, well, I spent all this money. You know going into the, the night or the event or whatever it is, it's outdoors. It's summertime. There's a chance for rain. Yeah, the King's Royal is the same it way. It can happen anytime. You should know this. Uh, to me, the people complaining is just poor planning on themselves. Yes. Either they can't man up and suck it up and have a late night like we did Wednesday night when we didn't get home till 1 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Or, 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 be, or take Monday off. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I know when I go sick. to Knoxville Nationals out there, um, when I go to Knoxville Nationals, I'll take Monday off just in the off chance that, hey, something happens during the week, Saturday night rolls around, it gets rained out, we run a Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, the Nationals did that one year, remember? I think I've told that story about, you know, deciding on if you're going to stay and go to the Sunday night race and just get home late. And that's even farther away than probably, you know, like I-80 was for most of us. You can't, but it is what it is. You come to watch that race for that reason. Why would you want to miss it? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I get being upset that okay, hey, I can't, I can't make it, but to jump on social media, blame the track for your disappointment, saying, "Hey, this is your fault that I can't go watch it." I mean, what's the track going to do? There's nothing they can do. I mean, really, I mean, they pay their staff that for that night. It, it's like Eagle; they still have to pay the persons to run a double feature. So, I mean, yeah, you got to pay it twice. Yeah, twice so. in one night. I mean. But they don't pay you anything, right, at Eagle? If they just run the heats and then they rerun the feature, or they run the feature like the next night. Well, uh, Eagle this week they're running double features, so they're going to kick off. They're going to no hot laps this week, so they're going to motor heat, um, rolling track, and go straight into features, whatever whatever order it was. I, I don't remember off the top of my head. But they're, you, you win the feature, you get you get paid for it. Then they're going to go into the regular program for the night. So that first feature you run on a fresh track, yeah. Ooh, that doesn't sound like fun. Well, they got B features and all that crap to run to, so I mean. Right, so it'll be somewhat run in, but then that feature at the end of the night is going to be, who knows what the track's going to be. I mean, it's going to be to the wall. I mean, they're, Roger, Roger does a good job prepping track. He puts in track prep breaks. and The better the better question, will it get out before I-80 got out the night you and Brad went? Yes. <laughs> Roger, don't fuck around. That that's a fact. I'm gonna laugh if they start lifting cars out and just see Brandon send a text. Oh, they lifted another one out. <laughs> what do you mean lifting cars out? When you said at I80, they were like lifting these late models out. Well, they towed them out. Towed them out. Yeah, I mean, put a push truck behind it and just push it off. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It is what it is. I guess. So, anyways, you've been keeping up to date on the ASCS Speed Week. I have not watched any of the ASCS race because uh, I prefer my. Uh, my uh, sprint cars, like I like my women, topless. Yeah, the the funny thing was, is I sent a text to you and Brad, like, oh, they got some good drivers, you know, at this race. And you both are like, who's there? And it was like, I think I named off three names, and you're like, anybody else? And I'm like, no. And I really, I, only I'm not dogging, people. not dogging the ASCS. They are good drivers, but you don't have. It's not. I, I I don't think it's like what it used to be when you had the heavy hitters rolling there. I mean, do you think it's a national? Series, yeah, it's national. It says ASCS National Sprint Car Series. No, but I meant like, I know you were saying last week about the whole the midgets and the girls winning, but at the same time, I feel like the ASCS from what I watched last night, what is their big race they run? I mean, as a series, uh, the Knoxville Three Hundred and Sixty Nationals is that that oh that that's considered okay? Then I I could see that then. Thought you were racing around there, buddy. I didn't realize that was and, and the series. The three sixties nationals were the were, were you were all hyped up for. Oh, I'm I'm so excited for that. Why? Why? Yeah. Why are you I, more excited for that than the four tens? Oh no, I'm more excited for the four tens. But the three sixty nationals is the start of it. It's the you know, just the excitement of seeing all the cars there. I think I looked today and there's hundred and three cars registered. That just seems like it's a lot more cars than there's been in the past. And it I mean, they got heavy hitters in, in both nights. That's gonna be a lot of fun. It's almost gonna be like watching the four tens. Yeah, but slower. <laughs> but slower. Yeah. Uh, anyways, what else you got for us? I'm, I'm, Brad's not here. He's the list guy. Um, yeah. So we had to go with Josh being list guy. That doesn't usually work too well. No, obviously not. So my question is, who's going to drive the Swindell car? It's it's empty now. Chris Ravel. Do you think he's just doing that for for show? Yeah. I mean, I I believe it's going to be Seabell unless something happens, and then. I think that's why they haven't named a driver yet. Well, I mean. Who are you putting in it? Who would I put in it that isn't already there? I don't know. There's, there's I, two drivers that have a race car. It's Darren Pittman and Christopher Bell. I put Mitchell Moles in there. I think he could do it. No. No? No, no clue. No, no, no chance. Um, I don't know. That'd be a tough one. Uh, you, did, you did put out a uh, question of the week earlier today if, uh, with the, uh, what is it, Mega Millions? Mega Millions. My wife told me that it is up to $1 billion with no one winning. Uh, was it last night? And they go again on Saturday. So I'd, I'd asked you and Brad about it, and Brad posted the question to the uh, Facebook page. Let's see how he worded that so I don't say it wrong. We want to know, you win the billion-dollar Mega Million lottery. Would you rather own or build a racetrack? Or would you start a race team, and who would be your driver? And remember what Brad said. He said he'd do neither. I'm doing neither, too. I'm just buying a camper and just going out to the races. To me, I would buy a racetrack. I would buy Eagle Raceway and turn it into what Eagle Raceway used to be. Raise the purse up to $1,000 or $1,200 for 360s. 
put 305s with them as a support series on Saturday, move the modifieds and the stock cars to Friday, and then a Sunday show could be the the little kids. No? You're throwing your money away. <sighs> Why would you want the headache of owning a racetrack? Man, when, when Eagle was at its best, it had Craig Cormack running it, and it was awesome to be out there, you know? And you got all the big guys. You got guys coming. How everywhere. do you not know it's not awesome to be out there now? I have a great time every time I go out there. I don't know. The last time I've been out to Eagle is probably two years ago. Uh-huh. And <laughs> it was fun, but, you know, I it's just not the same. I mean, like Brad said, you want to see the 360s out there. And I, I, and honestly, I'm starting to become a fan of the 305s because, I mean, I've watched some of the stuff at Eagle on broadcast, and there are times that they look as fast as the 360s, but there are other times when they get slowed up that it, it just doesn't look the same, you know? Like, you can't just power out of the corner or something like that. It's different racing. But it is. But there's twelve three sixties here and how many how many three oh fives did we get a night? Yeah, but could you say that if let's say they paid twelve hundred dollars to win for a three sixty race weekly. Still not enough. You still don't think the cars No, you're forty five to sixty thousand dollars for a three sixty motor? Okay. Then let's say <laughs> no shots. Let's say fifteen hundred and then for the three oh fives they pay a thousand. I mean you'll still probably get more three oh fives. Guaranteed. You don't think guys would run both? Nope. No? Nope. I could see. I mean, I don't know. That that would just be my opinion. I mean, I could see doing a team thing and putting a driver. Let's say you did a team. Who would be the driver you'd put in? Or drivers. A lot of people were saying two drivers' names. I don't know. You don't know. I got speechless over here. We know who you put in. It'd be Trey Grob. No. I actually put Ryan Timms in it. And run full. He's already got. A, he's already got a full a uh, 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 deal. All right. Now I put Buddy Kofway in. I already got a deal. Damn it. He's going NASCAR. Well, I pay off. Yeah. I got a billion dollars. I'll pay off Keith Coons or whoever else. Good <laughs> luck with that. I mean, I'm pretty sure with what Keith Coons is charging, he has a billion dollars. That is true. I'd probably get outbid <laughs> on that one. But no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do neither. I wouldn't want the headache. I mean, Stu Snyder said it both. He's selling all his shit, getting a house out out in the middle of nowhere, and having family time and. He is spot on with that. So you really think Stu would sell everything? Yes. Build a house? No. Yeah. No. Guaranteed. He is, he is the race car driver. He is the family guy now. His kid's going to drive a damn race car, that's for sure. So in the middle of nowhere, he'll build a race track so his son can race, and he can race with him, and then he'll come out of nowhere, and there comes his son beating everybody. I mean, it could be. But, I mean, it, I don't know. I just think it's interesting that how – you get both sides of the coin. A lot of people were saying, you know, buy a racetrack. I mean, let's, the let's, let's pull some of the stuff up here real quick. Uh, high quality show here we got going on. Uh, Chad Cook, uh, 305 driver here in Lincoln. He also uh, runs the uh, Precise uh, Dino shop here in town. Uh, he's been a part about running a track. Wouldn't want to put myself through that punishment again. Definitely without a doubt in my mind, I would own a 410 program. Fend and non-fend buggies. So he'd have wings and no non-wings. There you go. That'd be a class. If you did, what if you did the 305s and you did the midgets as a, as a class, as Where, a night? At Eagle? Let's say, let's say. So, so we got three midgets and none of them show up to local races? Well, <laughs> that, would, that probably wouldn't help. <laughs> but that'd be interesting if you brought like a, a class like that and tried to build it up. That's kind of what they did with the three Oh fives. They built it up to what it is now. Uh, Kyle, Kyle Yardley, uh, first order business. He would find Joe, Joe Kosiski, then develop a Friday night sprint car show that would mirror Knoxville, but double and triple the purse late models as a support class. You'd have to run it Friday night, right? Uh, the, he said, develop a Friday night sprint car. Oh, okay. Uh, you don't, you don't listen to it. I skipped over that part. <laughs> I just got too excited about, Putting another sprint car. Tyler Drukey, 410 team, running a true outlaw style, style schedule. Wait, doesn't he already do that? I mean, he runs Houston, or Knoxville weekly. So he's not running a true outlaw schedule yet, but uh, but could be. He's working at it. Yeah, he's already got a win. Um, AJ Oaks definitely started a race team in about every class. So AJ's having... He's just going for it. Yeah, he's, he's throwing his money away. And then his billions will be gone in about two years and be like, well, that was fun. <laughs> That's about right. Uh, you got anything else before we take a break and get Eric Arnold on? 
Uh, no, not really. No, I mean, I just kind of, we pretty much went over everything that I had, besides the 102 cars already registered for the 360 Nationals. Are you going to the Nationals? Um, not 360s, no, I'm not going to go. I'm probably going to go up Saturday night for the 410s. Are you going Friday night or are you going Saturday morning? Saturday morning. Saturday morning. I tried to get you to go, but somebody just wants to stay home. A couple watch years it. ago, I took my son to it. He had a blast. Somebody just wants to sit at home and watch it on TV. <laughs> I got the race cave as we're sitting in here. I, I can watch all the racing. You or you can it? go to the races. That is true. But with my allergies, I go to one night at Nationals, and I am dead for about two days after that. How's that different than you going out and mowing your yard? As you can see how much I mow my yard. We can tell. So with that in mind, we'll be right back. Everybody hang tight. Get your tickets now for the biggest races of the year at Knoxville Raceway. It all begins with four straight nights of sprint car racing action. Thursday, August 4th through Sunday, August 7th, it's the 32nd Annual 360 Knoxville Nationals presented by Great Southern Bank. And then on Sunday night, August 7th, it's the Extreme, powered by Mediacom Capitani Classic, presented by Great Southern Bank. And it all leads into the 61st Knox Energy Drink Knoxville Nationals presented by Casey's. Get your tickets online now at KnoxvilleRaceway.com. Join Stars photographer B.A. and off-ice official Gene Cotter for Thunderstruck, the unofficial Lincoln Stars podcast. We'll be talking with your favorite Lincoln Stars players, coaches, and alumni. Oh, it was a great night, yeah. Beat, beat them in their own rink just before the buzzer. It was something special for sure. I don't, I don't want to call it a surprise because I knew that there was uh, a great, rich history for hockey here in Lincoln, but uh, I, was, I was really happy to see... The fans come back in droves and, and be such a great supporter for us. I might have to throw my roommate on the bus. Uh-oh. I think Sato doesn't have the best tape jobs. He actually just spray-painted all his sticks white um, on the bottom of them. I think uh, he's copying some, some NHL or he's looking up to, but I don't know. I think it's dusty. I think a lot of guys think it's sick, though. <laughs> to let him in penalty minutes, back before they handed out those little 10-minute wussy misconducts on everything, with 265, <laughs> Thunderstruck the podcast all season long, right here on the Anchor app or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. I've been talking about a hard drive upgrade on the podcast for quite a long time, and here's a little more detail behind it. Older laptops, older computers, maybe four or five years old, the hard drives that came with them just simply were not built for Windows 10. A new hard drive from Tailored Computers and Repair will breathe brand new life into your laptop and computer. Not only will it make it faster, but it will make your laptop battery last longer and it will run cooler, which will also help the battery last a lot longer. Not only does your computer or laptop get even faster, but all of your files, settings, pictures, everything is exactly where you left it. Within about a day, maybe two days, you're going to get your same computer back, but it's going to run faster, cooler, and the battery's going to last longer on laptops. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641. Find out what a hard drive upgrade can do for your computer and get some valuable time back. This is the Dump and Chase podcast. We're trying to model ourselves after what you guys have done a little bit. Voice of the Phantoms and friend of the show, Mr. Matt Lipsack. I, I along for the ride and perhaps provide some modicum of adult supervision here, although really that's a lost cause at this point. We welcome back Phantoms president Andrew Goldman. It went smoother than it did with Matt. I want that <laughs> added. To the, I want that added. <laughs> shaking your head now for i'm agreeing with you because he has absolutely killed us this year well so far finger guns has meant sam shut up so yeah that's that's not helping i'm trying to process okay check out the dump and chase podcast every wednesday on western reserve radio youtube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts listen that like was frightening all right guys welcome back to the show uh we have eric arnold on the phone with us so eric uh how's it going man what are you up to I'm good. Just uh, got home from my real job, and now it's time to get to work on uh, the fun job for Knoxville Raceway. So, so lots it, to do to get ready for the next couple weeks here. Yeah, you got a what eight days, nine days till the uh, 360s kick off. Something like that. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's the first year without Kendra in the longest time as I can remember. Have you had your oh crap moment? We forgot to do this yet. Oh yes, we've had a few of those for sure. 
Um, it's pretty amazing. A lot of just minor details that you don't think about until they happen. And, uh, but between me and uh, Jim Unimark, who's a guy from Knoxville, uh, Laura Shepard, who works in the ticket office, and uh, Joey Denowitz, who's kind of our marketing guy with Spire, uh, we're all trying to make do and get by this year. Uh, the timing of her leaving wasn't the best, so uh, nobody kind of anticipated it. So we're just trying to figure out this year and then come up with a plan for next year. When did she leave, actually? Like, I didn't even know she was gone. It was right around Chili Bowl, I want to say, somewhere around there. So it was, in, it was like the end of January. Oh, wow. So it, with her leaving, I'm, I'm assuming everything is kind of going to be kind of status quo. There's nothing new added that uh, the fans should be aware about. No, everything's pretty much status quo. I mean, the only thing that's different really this year is we added the lap money stuff to the 360 Nationals instead of the 410 Nationals. But that was that was something that was already in motion uh, by by Kendra before she left, and uh, we had to kind of take finish that off as far as getting all those lap sponsors sold, which we were able to do just before the racing season started. So. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, there's a few things that uh, might be a little bit different. Like we're not having the the 410 dash on Saturday morning, kind of that that run that we have that goes through the track in downtown. Brandon wouldn't have been uh, at that. No, I'd be too hungover to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, there's just uh, communication issues there, I think, between uh, us and the Knoxville Hospital that kind of ran that. Uh, they thought we were waiting on them and. Or they thought they were waiting on, on us, and we thought we were waiting on them, and next thing you know, it's too late. And then also, uh, the Steve King Foundation for years has had a, a cornhole tournament to raise money for them, and uh, just last week, they decided to pull that out. So it's kind of at the, the last minute, so we don't, we're not going to have those two kind of side events. But as far as on the track, everything's pretty much the same. Uh, the marketing stuff uh, is pretty close to the same same. Same layout, same outline, you know, so it's not a lot of changes other than those minor things. So she pretty much left a good a good path for the season, what to do, what not to do. I mean, it sounds Absolutely. like it, you pretty much know what you're supposed to do, so it it shouldn't be – I mean, any big event's going to have its problems, but it sounds like you guys are pretty much managing it pretty well. Yeah, I mean, most of us, all the names I just mentioned um, – We've all kind of been through the, the Kendra Jacobs School of Marketing the last six years uh, working for her. So uh, you know, we've, we've been set on a, a really good path. We've got a good foundation. We kind of know what to do, what not to do. And and she's still uh, been available at times when we need her uh, to answer some questions. So she's been super cooperative uh, the handful of times that we've had to reach out to her. So it's things are going okay. Yeah, you have the emergency uh, bat line right there handy for her. I do. I do. I've had to use it a couple of times. <laughs> what, what's what's the most thing or the biggest thing you're looking forward to this week or not this week, but uh, during the Nationals? I mean, for me, I'm a race fan at heart. I mean, I grew up a race fan, so I just I look forward to just getting cars on the track and start racing and get all the the rest of the stuff over with the promotional stuff that we do on the marketing side. You know, social media uh, is. It's a lot of work, but once you finally get to the point where cars are on the track and you're racing and things are happening, uh, a lot of stress starts to go away. Uh, all the planning that goes into everything kind of just goes away, and then you can just kind of actually focus on the event and the, the race, you know? As a fan, so, what what is your favorite thing to do at Nationals? Not from a work standpoint, but just in general as a fan. Uh, it's kind of hard to take the work out of it, huh? <laughs> well... The funnest part I always used to have was doing stats and adding up points and just, I don't know, you just dig into drivers and their stats all season. You just try to come up with ways to predict things or try to figure out how things might shake out in the end. And uh, I still enjoy that aspect of it. Uh, I really enjoy, uh, I, I'm also in charge of, uh, nationals entries and getting the fields split for their qualifying nights. Uh, so there's kind of a, I, I like that from an aspect that I'm, I'm 
in the inner circle and I know who's coming and who's not yet and how to try to split the field equally from a competition point of view as like a track official. Um, so I, I just, I kind of enjoy the nuts and bolts and all of that. So really the nights aren't, they aren't random. You actually, based on competition, how you set it up, who's going what night then? Well, there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, each team on their entry form has the option to fill out which night they want. And for whatever reason, no matter if it's 360 or 410s, probably 75% of the teams want to race the first night so that they have that second night off so they don't end up racing back-to-back nights. That's true. So there's there's always about 25% of the teams that you have to give them some bad news and tell them that you're not going to be able to race Wednesday night. You have to go to Thursday night. And some of them understand, but there's always a couple that are, you know, kind of moan about it. But uh, And sometimes it works out that you're able to get another team to switch with them. Uh, but for the most part, kind of the formula that, that, that we use, um, me and John McCoy sat down years ago and we kind of figured out what we wanted to do is, is we didn't want to use like power rankings because that's based on opinion, right? Yeah, that's pretty much so, opinion. <laughs> yeah, so that, that doesn't seem like the right thing to do um, from a fairness point of view is to have someone skewed opinion as far as who they think is better at that point in time of the season or last year or, or whatever. So what we do is we take you know the World of Outlaws point standings and we try to make sure that they're split equally. So if there's 12 teams on the World of Outlaws, we try to get them six and six, try to make sure the top four, at least the top four in points, are split two and two. And kind of the same thing with the All-Stars, with Knoxville points. And then uh, beyond that, we kind of look at last year's A main finish, and we try to get them, there's 24 cars, we try to get it so there's 12 and 12 on each night. And if we can accomplish that, that's about as evenly as we get. And most years we're able to get really close to making all of that happen, usually within one car. Uh, in each of those categories, we're, we're pretty close. So, so you mentioned that you know who's coming in, who's not coming in. We've had a debate on on the show earlier today about who's going to be in the thirty nine. Do you have any insight for us? I don't. Uh, the only thing I know is is Amy Swindell emailed us last week and said to pull uh, Pittman's name off and to leave it at <clears throat> leave it TBA. So uh, we're just waiting to see between Amy and Kevin and what they decide to do to put a driver in the car. And well, I'll throw my hat in the ring. I'm available to drive it. If Kevin needs a driver, <laughs> and this is the Brandon Anderson from Lincoln, Nebraska, not the guy that races with ASCS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I wish I knew there's, there's another car uh, that's entered that doesn't have a driver yet either. So we're, it's and, always interesting to see uh, how that happens at the at the last minute. And then I don't know if this was Photoshop, but was wasn't there a Ric Flair entered in one in one of the uh, either the three sixties or four tenths? I I've seen I it going around on, on on social media, but I didn't really dive yeah. into it too much. That's my pick, at least for the fighting aspect. If that, if that goes down, usually what we do is because we we start kind of getting pretty serious uh, once the Kings Royals over about the entry list. Uh, but one way to kind of get people's attention to just go look at it is, well, a few times over the years, we've added some fake names just to see if people notice. And and undoubtedly, people end up noticing. So it's some years in the past, we've uh, put Brewster Baker in there from the movie Six Pack, which is Kenny Rogers, you know, or Cole Trickle. <laughs> nice. And so this year, we, we used, you know, Ric Flair and uh, Pete Mitchell from Top Gun and a few others. So, I mean, the Rick, uh, the Rick Flair one's a great, great uh, entry because uh, if you have not noticed, the WWE has entered dirt track racing with the drop kicks in the USAC and the uh, the brawl at Williams Grove. It's it's a spectacle now. It sure is, isn't it? <laughs> That's the one thing I've never really seen at nationals is any fighting going on. I mean, they're all uh, pretty. Daniel Sosky, Brian Brown. Well, that's that's uh, family matters. That's different. <laughs> There was a fight last year on Saturday at the Nationals. Yeah, then, I mean, people. Boffman was going at it with a couple of people a couple of years ago. Okay, so but there's been there's been a few it. altercations at Nationals. Well, it's usually off the track too. <laughs> so uh, Knoxville races all year long. It's just not about the Nationals. How's how's the racing been this year at Knoxville for the weekly show? It's been phenomenal. Uh, in all three classes, we've been. I'm uh, pretty lucky that, uh, in a way, that Terry McCarl dropped from the 410s to the 360s. So the 360 class 
uh, is super tight with between him and Clint Garner this year, and uh, kind of the the rivalry that's built up there over the season has has been interesting, and fans are kind of picking the sides, and um, you know, and that's fine. I like I like both guys. Uh, I get along with both. You of have them to say that. <laughs> Politically yeah, correct. But, no, I genuinely do like both guys. Um, Clint's a great guy. Uh, you know, and Terry loves the sport. Uh, he's got a lot of passion. Sometimes, you know, that passion goes different directions. But, um, uh, but yeah, that's been really good uh, for the 360 class this year. And then you have a guy like Aaron Reitzel who's, you know, set up shop in Knoxville, moving there with his wife and his family. And uh, they're racing for the Brian Ridge team. And Tyler Swank's turning the wrenches, and they're – kicking everybody's ass in both classes, really, when, when they're on the track. Um, Brian Brown has been super fast as well. Uh, he proved that at the Outlaw weekend. And, uh, you know, he was fast at the Kings Royal, so I think they're just kind of hanging on to their best stuff here the next week or two to be ready. And I think they will be uh, a team, a top three, top five team in the Nationals. And I think Wrights will be right there with them, too. So uh, it's... It's been it's been it's been a really good year. Uh, you know, some of your Nebraska guys like Stelzer, he's struggled a little bit uh, in the pro class, and uh, but it's been good to have you know Ryan Roberts pops over once in a while. Uh, hoping we get to see Cody Ledger over here for the 360 Nationals. I haven't seen his entry roll in yet, but uh, uh, I, haven't seen, I don't think Dover's been over here yet either this year. So. Yeah, to see those guys. I know. I I don't know for sure if Cody's going to do it. Is he was in his second night since his back injury just uh, this last week, so he's kind of easing his way back into things a little bit. But I mean, who knows? He could uh, get a wild hair, wild hair up his ass and get out there. Yeah, or put somebody else in the car. You, know, you just never know. Yeah. Well, you got a big name driver coming. How did it work with the whole Ryan Timms exemption? How does that work? Like, how was he given that? Well, that's a really good question, and I don't. I don't, I'm not sure I know the answer other than, you know, it's been a hard rule for a long time now that you have to be 16 years old and his birthday is like August 28th or something or 26th. And it's within, you know, a few weeks of his birthday and when he will race and considering his, uh, the resume he has with winning four ten races around the country at different tracks and his resume with midgets and, 360s and uh, they they just thought that you know uh, they would let him run the 360s this year since it was so close to his birthday they made an exemption just for him and they I know that the competition meeting or competition committee uh, had a meeting about it and and they decided to let him run the 360s and not the 410s and um, it was surprising to me but I'm in a way I'm glad they're doing it because I think he will bring some good uh, you know, he'll bring attention to the event, and you know he might have a chance to win. So uh, he's one of those guys that's probably going to be moving up the ladder to NASCAR or somewhere eventually. So to get him here and to race with us now is is a good opportunity, uh, not only for him to race with us, but also for us to have him. You know, I know a few years. I guess it was a, more than a few years ago, but I believe it was Tasker Phillips, and when he wanted to drive a four ten, I think he was right around sixteen years old that he had to go out there and make a, a few hot laps and have guys like Terry McCarl and some of the established 410 drivers out there and watch him and give him a thumbs up or thumbs down. Um, obviously, we know Ryan Timms can wheel a sprint car. Was there anything like that that you know of with, with the decision being made for Timms? Not that I know of, no. Um, I'm sure they would have factored in a driver or two, though, to see to get their opinion. Um, who those drivers might be, I don't, I don't know, but... I would certainly think they would weigh weigh someone's opinion that races with that races with him regularly that uh, or has you know a decent amount of times to help them make that decision. Well, I do know. So I've I've seen this a couple of different times with with Josh Riggins when he was too young to race in the 360 class locally, and you literally had to wait for your birthday. Whereas I've also seen Trey Gropp come through, and he had to actually fill out a resume of all the races he's raced in, how he's finished and stuff like that. I didn't know if there was some sort of thing similar to, to more like Trey's way. He kind of came in to where you, you've proven it, you know, time and time again, that you, you race clean or you, you race good enough to be with these guys that you're not just going to be some young kid 
going crazy out there. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. They've, they've clearly just kind of drew a line in the sand like 10 years ago about the 16 age. And, um, you know, and a lot of that was kind of down to liability and insurance so that we didn't have, you know, a bunch of 15-year-old kids wanting to race. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, they've kind of looked past that for this one event. And it's surprising to me, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I think hopefully everything turns out just fine. Yeah, so um, change the subjects here a little bit before we let you go. Um, you mentioned that you got off work from your real job. Now you're working on the fun job. You have a third job, too. Uh, you're the host of uh, the Dirt podcast uh, of Knoxville. How's that going for you? <laughs> pretty good i'm actually going to be recording a new episode tonight um we're gonna have gunner ramey on the show uh 360 driver out of sedalia missouri uh he's uh, partnered up with uh, impact signs with david goodson and his wife julie uh, and they're partners of of the podcast and uh they do a lot of support sprint car racing and uh, he's going to be entering the 360 Nationals, and he'll sh- he should be here this coming Saturday. So um, we kind of like interviewing some of the younger guys that have been coming, kind of introduce them to fans and educate people on you know, these new kids coming up. Like, uh, you know, we've had Caleb Johnson on and uh, Chase Randall and some others this year. Uh, Kelby Watt last week. So it's kind of an exciting time with this, this new generation of sprint car drivers coming up because – um, you know, that's, that's the future and we'll see, see how things go. Guys like Tim McCarroll can't race forever. Right. So, yeah, we definitely need some young kids coming in and taking over some of the old, the some uh, taking over for some of those old guys. Yep. Yeah, for sure. You know, I did have a question for you before we let you go is I always wondered, is there like any like routine you have during nationals? Like what you do, you know, day to day, like I know you, you do what you do, but like, you know, like explain how your day lays out during nationals. Like first day you do this, you know, and stuff like that. I was kind of curious how that all works because I'm a huge fan of nationals. I mean, I would go there and I would be one of those people that sit up in the stands and watch the cars just come into the track. Well, you're going to sit at home and watch them this year. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) But no, I was always curious how, you know, kind of the behind the scenes of what you guys do that, you know, fans like us, we don't actually see in what you guys do from a day to day process during that time. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's over 300 employees. I think it's 350 come the week of the national. So um, there's a big team effort and it takes everybody to really pull it off in the end. Um, So I can really only speak to kind of my little world that I'm in on the social media side and the marketing side. Um, you know, my routine changes a little bit each day because there's different events. Uh, I work pretty closely during the day with Wade Onger on our social media stuff. So he's usually, uh, his schedule can vary depending on what he also has going on and who, uh, he is able to, I guess, uh, coerce into doing one of his crazy ideas and what times <laughs> they're available and what days they're available. Uh, Wade is a ton of fun. He's very creative. Uh, he's very smart. And um, so I, I I try to have a plan, but some days it kind of goes out the window when Wade's like, hey, can you be here in half an hour? We're going to do an interview with so-and-so. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll just drop everything and be right there. So. And then Wade's going to be dressed in a gorilla suit also, and he's not going to tell you that part. <laughs> right? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, Wade's been a great addition to the uh, Nationals broadcast team, so I've always enjoyed seeing his content out there. Yeah, Wade brings a lot uh, as far as the the entertainment value to the fans, just uh, both uh, during race night with the infield reporting he does and then the stuff he helps us with during the day on the social side. So um, he's a great addition, a great asset for Nashville Raceway for sure. Yeah, and, and didn't did you hear last week or at Houston's this last week where they broke down and a fan drove him to the racetrack? That was pretty, pretty comical. No, no, he didn't. Hear I, did, that. I didn't hear that story. No. Yeah, Houston's. He was telling about how like they were driving up to Na- to Houston's last week. Wade, Wade, Un- right? Wade Unger, right? Yeah, the announcer. Yeah, okay. He, he driving up and he he got pulled to the racetrack. Is that the wrong story? Am I? Getting I think wrong? you're listening to oh. the old episode of of. That was uh, Rusty Hickman. Um, 
Oh, so they the made it sound like it was like it just had like he just did that. Like some farmer I, gave him a ride to the racetrack. I'm pretty sure Wade was riding with them because Rusty Hickman is, is setting up shop in Knoxville for about six weeks. Uh, but he's from Australia, and uh, they wanted to race at Houston's on Sunday night. And Wade had just gotten in town last week, and so they were all riding up together, I think, to Houston's. And then uh, the hauler broke down or something. Yeah, and they had to they had to scramble and, and get someone to tow them to the track. So it was like some farmer. Um, all right, they, this is a first. Something happened in the race world that I didn't know about. That Josh, yeah, knew I would about. thought you would have known this. <laughs> like I was, it was like hilarious to listen to him talk about it. Like it was. He got lucky because the farmer was a huge race fan and knew who he was, but it was also the farmer's anniversary that night. So the, the farmer took them to the racetrack. And he's like, well, he might be married with by the time he gets back to the back to his house, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a weird story, definitely, for sure. I'll have, to, I'll have yeah. to play that for Brandon so he can see it after the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've heard bits and pieces of that story, yeah. I think I got I got is I got more enjoyment telling that and seeing Brandon's face like oh my god Josh actually said something that <laughs> well, I just thought you were saying something stupid like normal. Well, that's <laughs> <laughs> all right, Eric. Um, I think I will see you uh, Saturday night at the Nationals for sure. Um, hopefully, I get up there sometime before then. But uh, thanks for jumping on with, on the on the show tonight, and good luck with your show tonight with uh with uh, your guys. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks, and uh, you guys are doing a great job with your show too. I listen to uh, most episodes, so. Um, you guys are doing a good good job and being good stewards of the sport. Um, so keep doing what you're doing as well. Good luck with the with your show and thanks for all you guys do. All right, thanks a lot, Eric. We'll talk to you later. Yep, thanks, guys. All right, that was Eric Arnold, the uh, social media director, uh, jack of all trades, up there at Knoxville Raceway. Uh, before we wrap things up tonight, Josh, do you have anything else to add? Not really. I mean, I without mean, Brad here, it's kind of a quick and easy show. Brad, Brad would bring up stuff that I'm like, what? Like delam- delamination of tires. And that's the only thing I'm horrible at is knowing what's going on in the race world. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Unless it involves an old farmer and an Australian. <laughs> that was hilarious. I mean, we need to have him on the podcast. That would be amazing. You know, talk to him some stories. All right, reach out, make it happen, bud. Yeah, because he was telling about how like he had traveled like last year in the U.S. He traveled the equivalent of going back and forth in his country two times. Like that's how much he traveled. He's like the the views are always amazing, the people are always amazing. But I mean, my one thing I always remember is during Nationals time, we would have these Australians sitting in front of us, and it was just they would tell us stories, and it was. It, it was just like it was like your uncle you hadn't talked to in a long time, and you would you just tell stories and you'd see him every year at the nationals, and I mean I guess that's some of the parts I miss about not going to the nationals, but yeah I mean so go to the nationals one of these days I will be out and go to all four nights I mean my brother offers me all the time to stay in the camper come Saturday doing down and back I've done it down and back that's, it's not that bad when you're old it gets. Well, I guess you're old too. Yeah, but. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not that bad. We'll just go stay with Brad. How about that? Uh, his wife would hate that. Well, if we bring Chinese food, uh, that might be need to be a lot of Chinese <laughs> food. <laughs> but no, you could have came down. We could have done the podcast there in the media center afterwards, and had you know Kyle Larson on, you know, as he uh, wins Nashville Nationals this year. You know, you brought that up with, a couple weeks ago, and you were like, "Hey, we could, you know, we can get on, we can go there and have the podcast and." be down the pits and stuff like that. That's the one thing I've never done is I've never been in the pits during the racing. It's not that great. No, you do not. You don't see shit down there. Really? Yeah. It's the pits is not the place to be if you want to watch the races. Cause it's similar to I 80 when you're in the middle, right? Yeah. But you still can't see shit, but you can see the corner you're in or the straight away. You're you're in. You know, <laughs> six cars at a time. Vroom, vroom, vroom. Don't you wait, you know, 10 more seconds. So they come back around again. So here's the thing though. You, you're going, are you? You're not. You're going to be in the infield. You're not going to be in the stands, right? No. Yeah, I'm going to be photographing down. But there. you get more enjoyment out of the photographing or actually watching the race. You know, for me, I get more enjoyment into going out there and just bullshitting with all my friends. Yeah, I could see that. Because who 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 is your group? You have like a group of photographers that you kind of hang with. The dark side. Yeah. Who is all those guys? You always talk about them. Uh, you have like a house or something like that. You get they all rent out. No, they they. 
I'm not I'm not privy to be in the house. I have not been accepted as <laughs> He's in the car uh, as a house guest yet. But no, uh Tim, Serena, they all stay down with Dave Hill. Okay. Uh Dave's a local the Knoxville track photographer basically. I mean, it's not official, but right. He's but is. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So they stay with him. Uh Chuck Stowe's down there. He's another Knoxville guy. Joe goes down there. I mean, it's just, you know, just a bunch of guys and friends hanging out. Taking pictures. Well, because I know, like, back when I used to Talking go. Talking shit to each other. Back when I used to go. We used Taking to go photos to, of each other when they're sleeping. <laughs> Painting stuff on their face, too. Yeah, that too. Nice. Back when I used to go, we used to go to the campgrounds. And so you weren't even around the track. And then, it's funny, I stopped going. And my brother started pit camping in, like, the North Campground or whatever, which is on the main street with the droughts. And it, the, the time I went with my son, it was, it was awesome to be around them guys. I mean, it was like four campers and we had our own little middle area and then you would put a dollar in and you'd randomly get a name that you got for nationals. And then if you won, you won the pot. And I always thought, I was like, this is a ton of fun being down here, but Hey, but you know what? If you go in the pits, there's a good chance you can meet Sasquatch. See, I asked that. <laughs> okay, see, now we get, since you went there. <laughs> so here's the funny story. is me, me, Brad, and Brandon, we always talk about what guests to have on. And the two of them look at me like I'm crazy half the time because the people think I want to bring bud. on. You got to think bigger. Back in the day, Brandon got me hooked on watching this. Sasquatch goes racing. Sasquatch goes racing. These two guys from what, New York? Uh, yeah, New York. Uh, yeah. I mean, and I've always I've actually wanted to meet these guys and I wanted to have them on the podcast and Brad didn't even know who they were and it's it's literally just what two guys driving in showing their and with a camera and and whatnot taking photos and I I don't know that to me it'd be kind of cool just to talk to them because even you know during the COVID thing and all that stuff and they went out you got to see what was going on and when you have kids you don't get to go and see all the behind the scenes and and whatnot, even though it is just a camera on and whatnot. But otherwise, that's why I always joke that I wanted to have them on is is because of uh, always watching their their vlogs. And, and Brad, Brad was like, "Do I need to know who these people are?" And Brandon's like, "Nope." <laughs> Next question. But technical difficulties. <laughs> no, we just had a camera guy. Not a big deal. Yeah, I think otherwise the show went pretty well in the the new. No, yeah, but if you go down there, you can meet the guys. They're not, they're nice guys, but so you've obviously met them, right? Yeah, because they're photographers. Yeah, they're right? photographers. Yeah, so are they on the level that you are on? No, nobody's on my level, bud. Well, I mean, right. there are everybody's above that level. That's oh, why nobody's on my level. Okay, maybe like Joe Orth level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tim's the god, and when it comes to photography, so. he takes some pretty amazing photos. That's for sure. So I think that's going to do it this week. Uh, thanks for jumping on with us, everybody. Uh, hopefully, the live show didn't suck too bad. Um, we'll see how it goes. So uh, maybe we'll do some more of these. If not, everybody have a good week, and we'll see you next week. See you later.